0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ah, there you are now. Haven't seen you in donkey's years.
1: Story, kid. What did a birth did I say? That's class. Gives a shot yeah. Are you going out? Or are you going out-out? I am in me shade. Ah, oh, Jesus. Tis herself.
0: Hello, everybody. Oh my God, season five, Tis Yourself is here. My name is Nicola. If this is your very first time listening to the Tis Yourself podcast, oh my God, thank you so much for being here. And a special thank you to everyone who you know comes back and listens quite a lot. Um, yeah, I oh God, I wasn't sure if this season five was gonna happen. I wasn't sure if I was gonna do it. I think you've probably heard me a load of times mid-mental breakdown saying that's it now, I'm not gonna do this anymore. It's my last season. Uh, but now I'm back. I obviously love it. I obviously love it because uh, it can be a lot of work, but I love it. If this is your first time and it's because of my lovely guest today, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, to my all time listeners, I, you know, I love you more than life. You guys know I love you. If it is your first time, there's so many episodes for you to catch up on. We are an Irish podcast. I say we, it's just me. I do the editing. I do the presenting. I do the guests. Sourcing, et cetera. So it is just me. I always say we, though, because if I've got this massive team behind me, oh, <laughs> me and the dogs. Yes. Yeah, so um, I've had so many amazing guests. Um, obviously, it's an Irish podcast, a lot of guests to come from Ireland. But then we've got some UK ones, Australian and American. So like from Ireland alone, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. We've had James Patrice. We've had Mundy, Dana, Tommy Fleming, Edel Lynch. And the UK, we've had people like Sophie and James separately uh, from Geordie Shore. We've had Shane Ward, Matt Cardle. Australia, we've had some neighbors and some home and away guests, including like Sophie Dillman, who played Ziggy on Home and Away. And of course, then in America, we've had we've had uh Rob Mashew from Scrubs, we've had or Jim Middy, who is from Breaking Bad, and then my hero, which is Dan Floric, who plays Captain Cragen in Law and Order SVU. So like loads of guests there. There's been about oh my god, 60 interviews, I think, maybe a little bit more throughout the five, the four seasons. And now we're coming back with another 15 interviews, hopefully, for you guys. So I really hope that you will listen to this episode, obviously, and then go back if it is your first time to see if there's anyone else you'd like to listen to. Okay, enough waffling. Nobody tunes in to hear what I've got to say. Uh, they tune in to hear what the celebrity has to say. So... My guest today is the fabulous Mary McAvoy, who Irish people will know from Glenrow. Uh, she played Biddy Byrne. And come on, we all, if you grew up of my age, you know, Glenrow was, first of all, it was the call to, to action around my age. On a Sunday night when you were sitting there and you're like, oh, I have to go back to school tomorrow. And then your parents on the telly and you'd hear. Homework. You forgot to do your homework. I know there's going to be some people triggered hearing that little bit of a clip there. You forgot to do your homework, lads. That was when we remembered and we we're like, oh no, time to go and remember trying to do your maths for school the next day. In this episode, I actually talk about our family's connection with Glen um, which is a strange enough one. And it actually connects also back to my episode with James Patrice. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and have a listen after this one. But yeah, I hope we talk a lot about Glenro. We do, but um, it did go into d- different places, which I wouldn't have predicted. And that is why I love doing this podcast. So a little bio for those who are new, um, I used to work in q 2 and I had my own radio show and I would interview celebrities, but they often would be around eight minutes long. And I know if you're watching the Late Late Show or Graham Norton or any of the American ones, you do realize that these, you know, are very short interviews. You kind of get one story out of the guest and maybe, you know, like a few little promotional bits for why they're there you know their album etc and I liked doing the eight minutes one but I preferred when I got to like talk some longer and often what happened was I would talk to them longer and then I have to edit it back so you know 2021 came along and I decided to release this little podcast on myself and since then we've had amazing guests we've won best new podcast of the Irish podcast awards so we're coming up we're doing great <laughs> Um, so I love the idea of sitting down and talking to people and of all of all ages and where they're from and everything like that. So that's why this podcast has been great. And just like this episode, no idea where it was going to go apart from Glen Row. And we ended up talking about the planet. We talked about our legacies. We talked about so much more. Mary, of course, was doing is doing some work for MyLegacy.ie, which is a It's basically a service here where if you are, if you're writing your will, they just ask you to put in a little clause or um, notation or whatever it is to leave a certain percentage or amount of your, what you leave behind to a charity. So it could be like Dog's Trust, it could be ISPCA, it could be, you know, meningitis, act for meningitis, it could be anything. So, yeah, it's something that we all have to write a will eventually and they're telling us to try and do it now and also just to leave a little clause in for a nice charity. So, I'm going to hand over to Mary and my chat here. I hope you enjoy it. Um, please do pass it on to other people you think might enjoy it
1: if you do it yourself. Okay, I'll talk to you afterwards. Hi, Nicola. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm exhausted now, but I'm grand. Well, it's lovely to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Sure, we'll get cracking because I've loads of ones I'll to talk chat to you, me.
0: obviously. I always kind of ask people at the start, like when they were little, when you were little, Mary, was acting what you wanted to do Or was it completely that's something you
1: fell into? I I, I think, you see, I think when you're little Mary or when you're little anybody, Mm -hmm. you have a notion of what something is going to be like. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a vet because I love animals and I wanted to be a vet. But I'm very glad I didn't become a vet because I don't think I'd be able to deal with animal sufferings, you know, in that way. And then I just, I kind of fell into acting. You know the way people say, oh, the acting bug grabbed me, really? No, it didn't. I I fell into it and I ended up being professional without it trying. You know what I mean? It was very, it was very, um, just one thing followed another. And then I kind of got a bit of uh, ambition towards my late 20s, indeed, which was strange. And then I decided I wanted to be in the business and I followed my, my, star and it led me to Row and it led me to the last nearly 50 years now.
0: It's mad to so. think that, you know, some people are probably like starting out and from, you know, little kids and they're like, this is all I want to do. And you're like, yeah. I'll
1: try it out. I'll see what the crack is. And yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I mean, I don't know whether it was the fact that I was kind of came to my teenage years in the hippie era and I was much more into like go with the flow even though I'm probably the least <laughs> you, can imagine. you can possibly imagine but um, yeah and, and and I suppose too because I, I grew up in the country and I grew up at a certain time and I didn't actually think there were when I was a kid I didn't think there were such things as Irish actors and actresses I didn't know that I thought everybody was American wow. I didn't know was any, uh, so it was only when I found out I came to Dublin and I, mean, I was 18 which is embarrassingly late to find out and uh, I started going to acting classes in the evening just just for um, something to do, a hobby. And I met somebody who was intending to be a professional actress. And I'm, whoa, can you be that here? And yeah, of course you can. So that sort of started me thinking. And then I suppose in those days, I, we, we were very kids from fame type people, you know, it was like, let's do the show right here. It was all that kind of, we didn't, I went to the Oscar theatre school and it really was like the kids from fame. We were, you know, just these enthusiastic people running around, not worrying about the future, not really being very self-aware, which was nice, not the self-aware of social media now.
0: Mm. So there was
1: none of that. And we just had a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I, I found it without any kind of pressure at all. And so it was terribly enjoyable. And then I think as you get older, the pressure increases. And I think also being in the public eye when you were, not really suited to it, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. took a lot of the enjoyment out you
0: know. Yeah, like when you talk about like being in the theatre school and having nothing really pressuring you, that's so different to now and anyone who's starting out now, but it also just sounds like perfect. I would love to have that, you know, to have no pressure of anyone going, what are you going to do? The minute you finish yeah. this school, nobody's have putting a phone in your face and you have to like, and yeah. you're getting pictures of you. You know, that just sounds so idyllic to me. I'm like, wow.
1: Yeah, well, it it, it like when you that you say it, I realize how different it was for me and, and, and people like me because there wasn't social media. There wasn't a celebrity culture in Ireland. There was no celebrity magazines. There was nothing like that. So you are an actor pure and simple actress. I like actress. I have a vagina. Can I say that in the podcast? I'm a Tress, I'm sorry. I just just that's my my particular uh little uh, bugbear. But anyway, um I yeah, it's just there was no none of that. You you could just kind of create yourself. Do you know what I mean? You could and there was no comparisons really, you know. I mean, the people that I suppose I grew up watching was like Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and they were so far removed from my life that you know, I I didn't think of modeling. So I was just me. I was just me. And it was really interesting. You carried on in Glenroe, and you were still just an actor because there was still no celebrity culture, you know. Mm-hmm. And Glenroe was a drama series; it wasn't a soap. And then you started to realise what it was like. Then, when when I remember being reviewed, there was a group of us did 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 a show together in the Tivoli, and we were reviewed as a soap cast, which was a nasty little eye opener to us as in said because we were all as we consider ourselves actors we were actors and actresses we weren't soap actors we were stage actors we were whatever you having yourself actors but we never and that's when I started to notice the change and all the the, the fun went out of it. you know
0: I, I spoke to Tony Torm who plays um Paul Brennan in yeah. Academy, and he was saying when he first started out he did a lot of like theater and stuff like that and there would be a case of maybe around the you know late 80s, early 90s or so, that he'd be in bars in Dublin and the theatre actors looked down on the TV or anything like that, especially because he was in a soap and said, oh, you're taking the Queen's shilling and, you know, you're, you know, look, like, how could you not be doing what we're doing? And that's that's flipped from now. Like, you know what I mean? Like people now can do all sorts of, you can do act, theatre, TV, film, whatever you want. But he said back then he couldn't get over how people looked down their nose at him.
1: I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it really was. You weren't really an actor if you were in a a TV show. And I think that's why it was disturbing for us because we kind of went, oh, now we're categorised here. So we're no longer theatre actors and we're no longer... And yes, there was a huge artistic snobbery. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, And now that's one of the great things about the way things have changed now is that... And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't because, you know the change that has come is it to the detriment of 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 people developing their talent or not I'm not sure that sense that because you're in a popular soap you put bums on seats yeah. but any actor that I know now or then are so hardworking and so dedicated to their craft so that 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 they would be happy to do any work so that they can learn more. They're they're such a dedicated bunch of people, and they, you know, and people do take advantage of them for that because they'll do they they really want to work, and so sometimes you know I don't think a lot of actors are paid enough.
0: Oh God, no! Like I've heard from different people down the years on doing like little theater plays or whatever, and it might be a one man show, and you think, oh, they're getting loads of money because it's just them, and you're like, well, actually, they're like, actually, no, not at nope. all.
1: No, no. And um, it's it's, but also like say, this is doing myself out of any work that I ever get, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm you know, too old to care about that now. But like when you see the disparity between what management of a theater gets and artistic directors of a theater gets versus the actors, you know, there's, it's 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 wrong you know, and I remember Anna Manahan saying once she knew a thing or two. She said, I disagree with more money being spent on the set than the actors, because you can put on the play without the set, but nobody's going to pay money to come in and look at the set without the actors. And therefore, I think the actors are the tip of the iceberg. You can't have anything without them. And pay them more, you know, sh- show show them that you respect them, you know. Um, I mean, I've seen uh, through my life, you know, actors who are so good and could have been, just for the stroke of luck, could have been anywhere, but are still struggling with a great talent, you know. And, um, you know, and I I kind of, I, you know, I, I somehow feel, I never really felt part of the acting world, even when I was in it. I feel even less part of it now. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, but I feel I want to stick up for them. I want, you know, because I feel like, because I have no axe to grind anymore. Like, give me a job, don't give me a job. I don't care, you know. Uh, so, so like, I think they should be paid more, but they won't be paid more because there'll be somebody else wanting to come in. And, to, you know, if they, if somebody says, I'm not doing that unless you give me blah, blah. Well, the nature of the beast is there will be somebody that will come in and say, well, I will do it for blah, blah. So, you know, it's, it's I just I just wish that they could, it's just very few actors that can actually base a life on what they're paid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: Yeah. people see the, you know, Michael Fassbender is the Colin Farrells and they think, oh my God. Yeah, they think that that's, you know, everyone's earning, you know, a version of what they're earning. Maybe not the same amount as Colin Farrell, but because you're in a movie that Colin Farrell's in, you're getting the same money or, you know, you're in the same industry and it's just not the way. Like when when you were starting out and obviously you were in theatre and that, what would you count, I suppose, as your like breakthrough kind of, Big first big role.
1: You see, I only I, I I suppose my first big role would have been the Gate because I was in I was in um, the Oscar Theatre School. One of the directors of the school was on the board of the Gate, and so he got a few of us because there was no other theatre school anyway. So we got auditions f- to for the Gate. You know, we just got it. You know, just auditions, not parts. So I auditioned and I got the part of Sylvia Craven in um, The Philander by George Bernard Shaw. So that was what I would call my breakthrough. And I mean, it really was a kid from, I remember so well, it was a real fame moment, as in fame, the TV show. We were all, and we all cared about each other's success. You know, if somebody got something, I was delighted for them. If, if I got something, they were delighted for me. And I remember... Waiting, but of course, there was no mobile phone, so there was a mobile phone, in the foyer of the Oscar Theatre, and it was And you got the part. And I went, and everybody was jumping up and down and shouting, and running. you know, it was so innocent and full of life, you know. And that was it, yeah. So that was that would have been my breakthrough part. And then I did something, and then I did another part in the gate, did because that's what you can tend to do. Then you'd go from if you were in the production, they would find a part for you in the next production. And oh, then that's you great. First and so you didn't have to pay you, basically. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, and so, so then I was in Semi-Private by Mary Halpin, And, and then during that, I got the audition for Row. And I was a little bit after that, I think. And then I got into Row and that handled the next 16 years of my life, you know.
0: Because obviously no one knew what Glenroe was going to be. No one knew it was going to be 16 years and or like 17 years mm-hmm. when it was, you know, finished up. Like when you went into it, what did they sell it to you as? Like what were, like the pages, what was the director or whatever was telling you that this show was going to be?
1: You see, in those days, again, there wasn't this packaging thing. It wasn't a soap, as I said before. It was a drama series. And I think what they were trying to do was get the sense of a village that was on the edge of an urban sprawl, you know, which Glenrow was supposed to be. It was like maybe a village you know, Six Miles from Bray, maybe, or whatever, which it was, you know, and that it was set on a farm and basically based on two very loved characters, which was Dinny and Miley, who came from Bracken. And so it was basically that. I'm sure I had to, I had to re- read with McLally for my audition. I nearly passed out peacefully. I, ne- I was so dumbstruck and starstruck and everything else struck. I was just trying to pretend that, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I you know, this, yeah, mm, I was, you know, and it, so, you know, it wasn't really so as anything except that it was written by Wesley Burroughs, who was the master of television writing. He was just, he wrote Bracken, he, wrote, he's, he was just, he had a way with words. And once Wesley was there, you were in good hands. And again, as I say, I, I had no notion that it was a sub. I just went to work. I didn't, I just made it. I did it. I turned up every day. I enjoyed it. I laughed. I, so I had no idea. And lots of ways too, for all of us in it, because it was such a happy show, we kind of didn't, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We didn't We didn't have a perception of how we were outside of this because we lived in our own little bubble. And we, we didn't really get public appearances or you know you nobody be asking you to go to Zhivago where love stories begin to, to <laughs> personal appearance or any of that kind of thing so we, we were just as I say a very happy little band of people and and to the very end we were yeah yeah it was a very happy show yeah and I think that's why it was so popular that you, you know that the happiness and the the, the harmony among us I mean, we all had tiffs, everybody does. But in general, we got on so well and we enjoyed each other's company. And I think that came across. I think that's why people liked it so much.
0: Like everyone who is of my era and older will remember Row and like, you know, it was, it was the homework song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they come on, you're like, oh crap, didn't do me homework. And it's yeah. like, which is so funny that even, you know, 30 years later, people will still joke about that and go, you know, oh, yeah. Row theme song, that means have you got your homework done? And like, people my age are just if I heard that now it's still probably it's like you think of your Irish oral and you go do I know the,
1: do I know the words yeah, it doesn't yeah. go away that can that. I say thanks thanks for your generation because that's the only thing that keeps us current keeps <laughs> oh, any no. kind of profile at all I'm telling you I still remember some of the storylines from back then and you're mm-hmm. just like
0: this was see it was scandalous in a way that like so let's say if I was like I know 10, 11 watching it you know you were allowed to watch it because it wasn't like the American shows where, you know, there might be sex scenes, really. Yeah. Well, there was, of course, the, you know, the barn, we, you know, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, there was the scandal that was going on. Your parents were watching it anyway, and you could just happen to be in the room and get yeah. to see a little bit something that was, you know, a little bit bolder than what you were used to. And yeah. it was also local and, you know, the accents, you knew them and stuff. But there was no, as you said, there was no celeb culture around the time. Gay mm-hmm. Byrne was probably the most famous man in Ireland. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like, did you notice throughout your time in Glenroth that the, the celeb things or like the fame things started to come into a bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I found it hard, and I um, I I found it very hard. I didn't know how to behave. I'm much better now because I I don't take myself seriously, you know. And you kind of just, I mean, even there today, I was out as I was outside here, and uh, I was I was getting photographs taken. And um this taxi man passed by, and she said, "Where's Miley?" You know, and I could go, <laughs> "Like no one's ever said that like ninety thousand times, but it doesn't matter. It's fine. It, you know, like, but if that was twenty years ago, I'd have been, don't you know, I'm a serious actress, and you know, now I'm kind of going yeah, no, well, yeah, that's it. You know, it's fine. You know, but but um, yeah, and you see, you now dare dare I say this to a journalist, but journalism has changed too like journalism is a nicer friendlier place wasn't so friendly back then do you know and I'm not criticizing I'm just saying that that was my experience Mm. I was always terrified of doing interviews for the press or I was terrified of something happening that would end up in the press or not that I ever did anything I was so boring but (laughs) you know there was a there was a sense of Worry and I suppose too, because I was an only child and my parents were much older than me, so I was terrified of embarrassing them in any way, Do you know, really yeah. terrified up until a very late age. So, like, I said, oh God, oh Lord, oh dear, you know, did I say anything in that? Maybe, and I, I can guarantee you that any journalist who interviewed me back then. Would get a call back saying, "Would you mind taking that out, <laughs> whatever it was?" And it'd be so innocuous and harmless, but I'd be so paranoid about it. It, 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 and then just the whole other idea of just walking into a room where everybody knew you and you knew nobody. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that's a kind of a very anxiety-producing situation, you know.
0: The people ask me a lot of my friends who aren't in the industries and stuff like that. They would say to me you know, you're around a lot of famous people or you meet a lot of famous people. And would you ever want that? And I'd say, no, I love the idea of putting up my hood or like going to Tesco in a tracksuit with no makeup on and no, like no one there knows you. You're just another person. But the idea that like, I wouldn't really have much anxiety, but it brings anxiety into my brain thinking about people asking, wanting stuff off me or wanting photographs or wanting my time when I'm not ready for it. And I like, I imagine going from, like people who get into the industry now are aware of that. But when you were yeah. starting out, it wasn't like that. So for that to be a new thing to
1: come into, it must have been really, really strange. It was. It was It was very hard. And it's only in latter years when you kind of process it all that you realise what was going on. Do you know what I mean? And And in your head and why you were so anxious and why... You know, you didn't go to pubs anymore because, uh, well, why? You couldn't because you wouldn't be able to sit down and be anonymous. Now it's quite different. And a couple of years ago I, for the Today Show, I was I did a few junkets for them over to England, you know, and I was interviewing Colin Farrell. And yeah, he's a dope, he's just a lovely guy. But oh. when, when, when I, oh, he's great. When I came out of interviewing him, I said, I'll go down for here, down this street and have a cup of coffee. And I sat out and I was looking around and everything. And I was thinking, That dawned you know, Colin Farrell couldn't do that. You know, he couldn't. You'd have to put on a, you know, or you'd have to think of some way of disguising himself. So I just walked out and sat down and have a cup of coffee. And it's such a luxury. Do you know, it's such a, I I don't know what is so seductive about fame because there's nothing really to recommend it at all. It's a gilded cage, a huge gilded cage, you know.
0: Yeah, because with the adoration that comes from the people who love you and love your characters and stuff like that, there's also the negativity and the lack of privacy. So for me, I just... Like I'm intrigued by it and I I love, and there's some people who are just so okay with it and fair play mm. to them. But like, I can't imagine being thrown into my life right now the way it would have been for you, for you to go, you just got a job and, you know, you got this show with Row and you're really happy. And as you say, you were starstruck by Mick, like, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm unaware that that, what the level of Mick was, was what you were going to be put into as well. Because, you know, you can't say Miley without saying Biddy now. Like, do you know what I mean? They, yeah. They're if people, if there was a poll, I'd say of Ireland's fav- favorite or most famous TV couples, they'd still be in it all these years yeah. later.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, a, you know, I I I just I just often would say to people starting out, you know, either way they all say they want to be rich and famous. I'd say, well, nah. I mean, I was never rich, but I was famous, and I I wouldn't now because I am. Slightly famous, I am able to do something like the My Legacy campaign. Mm. There are issues that are great for that, you know, and you can do things. There are things, but in Ireland too, when we, oh, it was so funny, there there was a a nightclub in Ireland, in in Dublin, called the Pink Elephant, and that's where all the glitterati and shitterati went. Uh, I would have been the latter. And, uh, uh, but they had a door palace policy, you know. And Row was very, very popular at the time. I mean, I'd say it was the number one show. And um, I, 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 I went down to get in with a friend of mine, and I knew because they just, they, they just loved to pretend. To, well, maybe they didn't know who we were. It didn't bother me, but, but like, I said, uh, Mary McAfee, yeah, are you, are you meeting somebody or something? Well, no, I'm actually in Row. I don't give a fuck. who oh Yeah, you're not coming in. Oh my god. And with that, Andrea Corr drifted by like a beautiful <laughs> little nymph out of the forest. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we were, we were famous, but not famous, if you know what I mean. And we were a bit, we were a bit, you know, not cool. We were a bit uncool as well. Do you know what I mean at that time?
0: But I've said that to the lads from Fair state as well. I've had, I've chatted over the years. It is so funny. Irish people will tell you that they don't watch your show but yet, if you go, oh, that's grand, They'll go, but come here now. Is uh, he planning to do that now next week? Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. sorry. And they're like, oh, no, my wife watches it. Or my mom watches it. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. It happen to be yeah. in the room. and know the characters' names, know the storylines. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like George yeah. McMahon who plays Mondo in Fair City. You can yes. guarantee he gets stopped all the time. But people who don't know, don't watch Fair they City. You stop. know what yeah. I
1: mean? I would say he gets, you know, I'd say, he, you know, I mean, I, 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 and there's always wags who want to, you know, be not wags as in wives and girlfriends, but the old fashioned version of wags who want to show off to their mates by, you know, going like, oh, you know, this girl, come here, you know, or whatever. That used to happen to me all the time, you know, but you settle a bet, you know, and <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and all that kind of thing. But, 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 but it is that kind of thing. You know i i am very happy with the way my life turned out and as i got older i've got more my anxiety is still there i must say but i think that was probably it's probably in me anyway mm. it just was stimulated by that i think I, i'm a quite an i'm not i'm not quite an anxious person i'm an extraordinarily anxious person but um i'm happier in that i don't take myself so seriously anymore and you know, if you like what I do grand, I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook, I do a bit of Instagram, but nothing else. And that makes me happy because I don't have to go back to social media and see what somebody has thought of what I've just said. I I really don't, I don't understand how people can in any way maintain any kind of mental health if that's what they do on a regular basis. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd never go outside the door. So I just choose to ignore it and carry on and just be me, you know. And if they like me, they like me. If they don't like me, I can't do anything about it. But it, it's it's when I just see people like checking their feed all the time. I'm like, oh, crikey! no. I was on Twitter once. Just once for one day. And I felt like having a bath after it. It was just God almighty. You know, you're better off not to know those people are there. You're, you You know, you're better off not knowing they're there. And yeah. just concentrating on the, the decent people that you do know. Yeah, I, I if, if anybody asks me mental health advice, stay away from social media or use it in a positive way and only, you know, only engage with it in positive ways. Don't I think sometimes people are very attracted to the negativity about themselves.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Or also they focus on
0: it, and I think I suppose that's all of us. We especially women, I suppose. <clears throat> oh yeah. Like I can tell you probably every negative thing that anyone's ever said to me in my life. Oh, your sister. Like, but if somebody said to me, I told you the other day you were gorgeous, you were this, you were so proud of you, know, you've yeah. done this, that. I'd be like, no, but you did say when we were fourteen that I had fat ankles or something like you know what I mean. That's it.
1: That's it. I always say, Yeah. And you kind of go, well, you know, and if somebody does give you a compliment, you find something wrong with the person who gives you the compliment. Mm-hmm. Or that there's some ulterior motive as to why they give you the compliment. Yeah. So now what I'm doing actively is at this very advanced age, is I'm choosing to believe the positive. Do you know what I mean? I'm not downgrading the positive anymore. I'm just going, Okay. A friend said told me I had a nice voice. Well, other people told me I hadn't a nice voice, but my friend told me I had a nice voice, so I'll I'll take that. I'll I'll, I'll I'm going to keep that. Now I'm not going to say, oh, well, she'd say that because she's my friend, Do you know. So I, just to keep the positives because it's all perception anyway. It's not it's not the truth. None of it is the truth. The good and the bad. None of it is the truth. Do you know, it's a lovely so, place
0: to be, isn't it? Considering like you know you you have said that you have anxiety, so to be able to embrace the positive, it's very it's a lot of work. Like it is hard huge work. work. You know that is, I like If I get up in the morning, I'm doing my gratitude or right, anything like that. Like even to sit down and think what you're grateful for or what you're happy for in your life. Sometimes, like that, is a lot of work to kind of train your brain to not automatically think. Well, I couldn't fit in my jeans last night, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I and and I, and I do think that gratitude is the superpower. I, I I really do. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other t- yesterday, in fact. And she's having a lot of struggles, she's a lot of struggles, Mm. but she literally has an alarm on her phone to remind her to think of three things she's grateful for. And she said, that gives you, that feeds the seed into your brain for three hours. And then maybe you'll do something else. And then maybe you'll talk to somebody that you know is positive. But I think in this day and age, I think we really have to work at, 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 at keeping positive and And I don't mean that toxic positivity, you know, that's I hate that too. Yeah. Be yourself, but, you know, try to at least keep the balance between the positive and the negative, do you know. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I think one of the things that really undermines us all and keeps us anxiety, full of anxiety, angst is the climate and all that, what's going to happen in the future and all of that, and the, the boiling planet and everything, but that certainly is, the bedrock of my anxiety.
0: Yeah, I, well, mine is I'm, and I've, it's my own fault. I follow all the animal rescue centers on my. Oh, in, me too. And my heart just breaks every single day. It's like here's another animal, and like I would take them all if I had room. And, like yeah. I live in I live in Dublin, so I don't have room. But I, if, if yeah. I could, I'd have seventy six dogs probably at any given time.
1: Oh yeah, I would too. I mean, I would if I was if I if I you know got an enormous job tomorrow, I would buy more land and I'd rescue more sheep. And I'd, you know, just treat all my animals even with even more kindness than I try to keep them now. That's what I do. And I get very anxious when I see, yeah, when I see people, you know, viewing animals as our, that we are superior to them and we can do what we like with them. Yeah, same. And that that's their function. And it's not. No. There are fe- fellow travelers, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I I, I, do eat meat, but I, if I'm going to eat meat, then I know I want to know that the animal was well treated. I want to know that. I think I probably will leave this planet as a vegan, but at least, you know, I, I try to keep the, the meat eating to a minimum and know where it comes from. and know they had a decent life. I think this kind of mindless meat eating of this, you know, stuff that comes from Brazil and wherever where the treatment of animals is beyond awful. Oh. Beyond. I don't know, I followed this animal sanctuary called uh, it's 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 in Brazil and oh my lord, they're just they're just heroes. They're real heroes. It's a very long name. Ahimsa Santuaria Val And it's a yoga school as well. And they rescue usually dairy animals that have been just left and abused and left to die and you know, they've they recently they rescued. I don't know something like 300, 300 cows that had been just left to die by the owner. Just left there, and and to me, I you know, I can't I can't deal with it. I can't I can't I can deal with it, but I I wish people would stop. I, I people have become very desensitized. I think.
0: Yeah, and that's why I have like so. Like people say to me, oh, who do you follow on Instagram? And I'm like, well, 90% of it is like animal sanctuaries or you know, good, positive Instagram pages, which will give you good news. So sometimes a good news animal story, sometimes good news climate. You know, if it's an Irish story and because it's like an American site, but like if there's an Irish one, I'm like, I'm so proud. At least we're doing something that the globe will see us doing well or whatever. And it's like, what else can I do? You know, I feel that that's my pressure when you were saying about the, the world. I'm like, what else can I do? And I'm like, well, I don't eat meat and I recycle everything I can. And yet I
1: still feel like I'm not doing enough well it's funny i was actually talking to somebody this morning about that and i think and this is me as 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 an elder an elder lemon um that the smallest action has a, an effect if it's positive it's adding to the mountain of positivity you know and I, I it was an example that i gave today when i was talking about my legacy.ie about how you can how you you can affect like 5 years ago myself and myself were sitting out in the garden and I, I'd i made this little container garden, you know, in, in what used to be the haggard of, of the, the farm. And we were sitting out and we realized there were no butterflies and we had one bee and we called him Roger because he was only the one bee, Roger the bee. And going, this is terrible. And so now having, it, not just me, but there, there have been moves by the Department of Agriculture and, and the EU to To give wildlife corridors and all that on farm and stuff like that, which is brilliant. But I decided, okay, I'm not mowing the lawn anymore. I'm just going to mow a little bit. If I have a bit of garden forage, I'm going to let everything grow wild. I'm not going to try and make it all nice and neat. And I'm just going to let, now my house looks derelict. It really does. But on one little Buddleia plant, and I'm not joking you, it was that size. It's just a little Buddleia plant. They call it the butterfly plant. On every single blossom, there was a butterfly this year. Aww. And we have a hive of bees on our balcony in the house. They're living on our balcony. And I can actually see that. I can actually see it. The bird life, everything has regenerated in one small place. And one of my things that, I, you know, everybody go, you're a fool, but I actually think you can nearly create your own microclimate by just respecting the earth because the earth give it half a chance and it's gone. It's back to itself. So that's what I say. Like, if you don't eat meat, if you recycle, if you live ethically and that's all that's within your power, then that is enough. Yeah. And then in another time, in another year or two, you know, but I think, I think also we have to be very careful of, because I, I'm very guilty of, again, I have to stop, you know, you listen to the news. I don't listen to the news anymore, not because I don't care, but because If I do that, then I join the negative, I join the negative surge, if you like, and I want to stay as positive as I can. So if I start worrying about Trump coming back into power or what's going on in Ukraine, you know, I can try and help. I can give money to charities helping them or I can whatever I can do. Yes. But if I do that, I'm not going to help anyone except be another discouraged person. And yeah. We need more people that are encouraged rather than discouraged, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the people who watch the, the news cycle and think, you know, how do I help or how do I do more? But there are the other side of it is that you feel a little bit deflated when you watch those things. And you're like, yeah. if I'm already in the positive space and I'm doing work, let's just keep it going there. And yeah. like, like you mentioned the my legacy thing there, like obviously that is about leaving um, something in your will. Small, big, yeah. whatever yourself to a charity, and you know I think it's a great idea that like, see, it's so simple, and yet like it, it's only it's not it's not something that has been going for like, quite a long time. It's thinking that you know now that we have this option in our wills, we can do this, and then it's like, who do I pick from the twenty seven thousand charities? <laughs>
1: I'm like, what are yes, you? yeah. Well, it's like like well, it, my my legacy to have ninety charities under their umbrella. They were oh. set up in two thousand and six and um and basically but which i didn't i didn't realize this now i thought that we would be good at making wills in ireland we're not we don't we don't make wills in ireland which i would have thought because we're very property property orientated you know we like to own our own homes you kind of think you know people don't make wills so and they don't um and so, like the, the, my 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 legacy for the month of September and going forward is trying to encourage people to, if you don't have a will, make it make it make it an appointment with your solicitor, and and go and make a will and look after your loved ones and then gift something to a charity if of your choice, if that's what you choose to do, you know, and just you know try to make it a decent amount if you can because administration and everything else, you know, you know for. Mm of Bob is not you know but but and, and but nobody's asking for thousands and millions you know uh, you know and that means that a charity you know be it an animal charity a human charity an environmental charity has a lifeline and you're paying it forward and I think that's it's a really good thing to do you know and um I think everybody's anyone is is doesn't like to face the idea that we are mortal yeah. I
0: think that's,
1: a lot of, it, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, and so, you, you know, you you know, I, as as I get older and that is the sorrow for me is that I have less years ahead of me than I have behind behind me, you know, uh, because I do love this art. So I think it's a beautiful place. You know, I, I won't want to leave it, but I have to at some stage. And that's 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 OK. But I was talking the other day to somebody actually worked for Dogs Trust, actually, mm-hmm. um, a young man, vibrant, you know, healthy, the whole thing just full of life and I was telling him about this campaign that I was doing and he said uh, and I was saying I didn't realise how few people made wills in Ireland and he said I have a will I made a will, he's only 28 Jesus, no he had a daughter okay. but even that, even then, there you go he's a done, it's finished, now he can get off and live his life, mm. you know what I mean and I think we should maybe think of it that way rather than I'm going to get I'm going to get this done so I can just lead my life knowing my loved ones are taken care of. And then I can I can pro, I can provide something for a charity of my choice going forward. You know, so it, it makes an, it makes an awful lot of sense. But I understand people's reluctance. Yeah, it, it leaves it leaves a terrible mess for families if you don't if you don't. It's a very important legal document, you know.
0: Yeah. And we've also we all know families that have fallen out because of money or houses when somebody dies like, you know, it's such a tragic time. And then three months down the line, two brothers or two sisters aren't speaking because they're fighting over something. So like at least I suppose doing it if if you had a bit like an afternoon to do it, to to draw the lines so that that doesn't be the issue down the line. Yeah, I like. Just- I was thinking about it. I was like, who would I donate to? Because obviously, I like. I'd say I would definitely be like, you know, animal charities would get some of it. But then you think of the other things that have touched you throughout your lives, like you know, the Irish Cancer Society, losing people to cancer, and actually a weird one. I was thinking because I was thinking of speaking to you was um my younger sister had meningitis, and I remember this is the weirdest connection that me and you will have. But my yeah. little sister was in hospital in Crumlin with meningitis when. Um Biddy and Miley's daughter had meningitis on the show. And my, yeah, and Blonde, yeah. And my mom it's was recently had a Baba. I know it's mad to think that she's like grown up and she hasn't been in her own. But my mom was telling That's us. That's amazing. The time, I was like, I think eleven, and my sister was one. And she was saying that the, the producers came to her and my and my family to say, Is it okay that we do this storyline while your child is in hospital? <laughs> with the same condition because she was the only child who had it and was, you know, rare enough around the yeah. awareness of meningitis at the time. And my mom was just like, um, yeah, sure. So like she, for her, she was up and down and we, my sister was coming through and was, was getting better and was kind of waiting to be, you know, released. But for her, it was like seeing this excitement of the RT cameras and all this, you know, and she's like, yeah. At least for her, she could explain to people that's what Laura went through. You know, wow, it's just so wow. weird that it was happening
1: on Glen Road at the same time. Yeah, yeah, but that's amazing, you know. So what a connection! But there you go, there you go. That would be a charity of your choice, and 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 I just I I think you know and and charities are struggling, you mm-hmm. know, now with the cost of living and everything else, um, and and it would be a good way of future proofing them, you know, because. Look, everybody is finding it very hard to make ends meet at the moment. So tell me about it. But it's like, you know, I I just think it's a great idea. So if anybody does want to look it up, it's just contact mylegacy.ie, www.mylegacy.ie. And there's all that information that's there. You won't regret it, you know.
0: Isn't it great that you're in this stage of your life and in your career that like you you're obviously passionate about you know the my legacy stuff and that you and you said earlier like that you if you don't get a job you don't get it you do you do you're kind of happy enough to go along with what you're you know you think is right and the jobs that you actually want.
1: Yeah, I think I think you see, I I, I it's going to sound so little, <laughs> but I'm I am quite a spiritual person, so I do believe. I do believe in in that everything has a spiritual basis. It can be the most, even the most, even the most trivial of thing can have a spiritual basis. So I think that helps me. So when I'm kind of getting a bit antsy or a bit negative, I kind of go, oh, "What's this teaching me? What What do I need to learn here? Do I need to do a gratitude about this? And like one of the things is is resentment, like letting go resentments and letting go. And it really helps because you kind of go. You know, it's it's like it's like dropping a rock off your back, just dropping the resentment. okay, yeah, she was a cow to me. Let her off. I'll keep my side of the street clean. She can go off and do what she does. I don't have to worry about it. And it's fantastic. You know, it really, truly is, you know.
0: I I like I I hope to get to that place in life where I'll have that same mentality. I do. I'm definitely practicing the positive thinking, and you know, as you said, it is a lot of work. But it's great to see that, like, you can you can physically see on you that you're just like you know you're happy out
1: w- where you are and mm. picking the if thing. If I could get rid of the anxiety, Nicola, seriously, yeah, because yeah. it is it is a problem. If I could, but but in general, my baseline is I am who I am. I do what I do, and it, if you don't like me and that, or if I don't get the gig, and I always think there's somebody in Ukraine, there's somebody in Central Africa, there's somebody somewhere, there's somebody in Clunmel or somebody in 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 uh, in, in, in in where those other people were killed. These people, you know, in the car crash, that's suffering. That's suffering. Yeah, Do you know, this is you know, it's a job, you know, who cares, you know, uh, and I always, I always think, and it's not to kind of, you know, be always reminding yourself, but yeah, like there th- there are things that matter slightly more than whether, you know, you get a, a gig or not. Well, maybe when you have to pay your way, which <laughs> I do, um, but, 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 in, in, you know, just remind yourself of the suffering that people go through and, you know, and just say, yeah, okay, I can do this, that's fine, you know, yeah. Um, because it's it's a very small thing in the long run that whether you get a gig or you don't get a gig, you know, in the long run, yeah, it's a,
0: like places. everyone's problems, you know, are relative. You know, you everyone can be upset about their problems. It's it's when you mm-hmm. let them consume you that that's the, the the issue. And as you say, put it into when you think about it, the people who've lost people, you suddenly start thinking, okay, and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like and it. I'm alive, and I have a roof over my head. And, you know, like even sometimes when I'm really, really down and sometimes when you're really, really down, it's not the first thing that comes to your head. But it, the gratitude is brilliant. Like, oh, my God, I turned on the tap and water came out. You realize women and men walk 10 miles a day in Africa to get dirty water. You know, you know, you know, I can put on a fire. I I can look up at a blue sky. My, you know, it's, it's there's always something to be grateful for. And I think if we can get over entitlement that we are entitled somehow to feel perfect and wonderful all the time, it's not the case. Life's not like that. No, it's not. It's not. not. And never will be. And no matter how much we jump up and down and try to make it like that, that ain't the nature of life. It's, 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 it's um, what do you call it. It's like staying up in a surfboard. You're going to fall off sometimes and you're going to get up and you're going to stay for a while and then you fall off again. That's the way it is. You know, I think we have to lower our expectations a little bit. And enjoy the small things, really. Exactly, and also don't downplay your own positive actions because everything adds to the bringing the positive slightly more than the negative on the on the weighing scales. Do you know?
0: Yeah, I'm going to definitely take that. You've you've taught me that now. When I'm having a little like meltdown to myself of going, "Am I doing enough?" or whatever. Thinking that every time I'm being positive, you're affecting the person beside you in a positive way. So I think exactly that if we can take like, anything from this chat. That that's what we can take away.
1: Yeah, no, but that's amazing, and it's just it's lovely to talk to you and lovely to see people thinking the way you do and 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 seeing the bigger picture. It's great, and to you as well. Like you know what I mean. To see somebody who
0: you know, I know you said you're still dealing with anxiety, but like that you're actively. Putting positive thoughts out there and trying to cope with it in your way and making yeah. a difference at the same time. Like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you've got an issue, but you're also dealing with it in your way and, and positively
1: affecting the people around you as well. We try, we try. Well, because that's try. Something. And also, it's just a, it's a thing is the one, it's not a great thing about having some kind of form of mental distress is that you can understand somebody else who's got it then. Yeah. So
0: you're not, kinda,
1: you're not kind of, you're not kind of, you know, it makes you more sensitive to other people, I think. So that's a good thing. I don't particularly want to have it for very much longer. <laughs> You're like, I'm glad I understand it. But also, can someone take it now, please? Exactly. I've learned the lesson. Yeah. Can you take it back now and give it to somebody else? No, don't give it to anybody else. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But anyway. Just bury it in the garden. The bees can eat it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got the out of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, Mary, it's been so lovely talking to
1: you. Thank it's you so much. Just gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous. Yeah, it really was. It was not I didn't even know where the chat was gonna go, but it just came into such a beautiful like twist and turns. It was fabulous. Well thank you brought it so there. You, you <laughs> did with all your positive. Honestly, I feel like I feel like physically like there's something gone for me. So I thank you so much. <laughs> <Be back>. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> thank you. you're a superstar. <laughs> thank thank you, you so much. And I look forward to chatting again soon. Namaste. Namaste. Bye. Bye bye. bye That was a delight to chat to Mary. The two of us were gushing over each other at the end there. It was just so nice. She's such a lovely person. And I just love the way it takes twists and turns. You don't know where it's going to go. You just end up being like, hey, we're going to talk about Miley. And next thing you know, we're talking about the planet and bees. So, um, of course, head on to mylegacy.ie, as we talked about there, if you would like to go and either if you have a will already and you would like to find out more about adding a charity, Or if you haven't done a will yet and you're kind of thinking maybe now I'll do one, they've all the information there. And yes, with a lovely thank you to Mary as well. Obviously we got on so well. She's just such a lovely person and she's so nice and just lovely. And it was just, yeah, it was a lovely hour to spend, you know, chatting to somebody. Next week, I have someone very, well, very different in, well, actually not that different, just not from Ireland. So... Who could it be? I'm not going to let you know now. We'll go to my, follow my socials. I'm on, Tiz Yourself is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and um Twitter. And throughout the week we might leave some hints along there who's going to be coming on next week. Every Saturday we are here. It kicks off. If you're um, broad, it kicks off 1am Irish time. So like if you're in Australia or anything like that, it'll be a lot more normal time for you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, I'd love if you followed, if you left a review or a rating on Spotify or Apple. I know they're only small things, um, so just, but they just put them in a lot here. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. And uh, salon, I'll chat to you next week. Salon fall.